The Those Guys with Ships show is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. Is, is your stuff working it's now? totally working now. No one knows, Jimmy. Shh. Yeah. First time in Versecast history well, we've had to start over. It's the first time for everything, and I'm glad I could be a part of it. Um, Gleep's not here. It's anarchy. Cats and dogs are sleeping together. We're having to start the show over. It's ten minutes in. But you know what? It's going to be I, so much better the first ten minutes now. You think? You think it's going to be that it's much? It's going to be now? that much better. I, I feel like Ace is going to bring it home with his segment. I really do. I I, I think for I, I think you might be right. I think you might be. Yeah, right. I think we're in my that. defense. We never got to my segment, so I'm just grumpy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ace. See what happens now. Now you know what it's like to do two shows in a row. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Not me. I'm fresh. We are those guys with ships, and Mark has started us over on episode 62 of the Those Guys with Ships Star Citizen Organization Community Podcast. I am exhausted. We were 12 minutes in and had to start over. I blame Mark. Mark, why don't you tell the uh, podcast audience what happened? Uh, My mic got reset on the uh, audio input, and I did not notice it for 10 minutes, more or less. So, uh... Where's all that combat situational awareness that you uh, so yeah. wonderfully toast? Uh, it was trying to read words, and everyone uh. knows I can't read words and chew gum and or walk at the same time. Just not happening. <laughs> How did you get through basic training? Uh, the flashy lights didn't work. I was very confused, disoriented, uh, and then and there we have it. Locusts, floods, plagues. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say, say yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we are uh we are uh without gleep uh this week we are the wheels are are off uh the liquor cabinet has been cracked open uh i am actually refilling the bottles with water as we speak nope. and uh nope. we are gonna nope. go through the second show here and see how it goes ace i know how you're doing mark how you doing doing good Doing good. As everyone missed last time, uh, I am back at my place this time, which is nice, in my big comfy captain's chair with all my gear strewn about me and 16 monitors with a whole lot of everything that I don't need, except apparently watching the uh, the mic do its little you know, uppy-downy thing it does when I talk. So <laughs> now I am noticing that. Good for me. And uh, ready to move forward. Yay. So uh, we'll uh, jump right into it then with uh, my community report uh, featuring the ghost of Jonto in uh, what's going on with Around the Inner Verse. Verse, 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 verse. We're just going to do an echo for everything. That's such a lame way to introduce every segment. Hey, hey I like it. Sometimes you just go with what you got. Until we get some audio clips, that's what we got, man. Don't Fair knock enough. it, man. Fair enough. 
So over at uh, Twitter, under the uh, hashtag Star Citizen, Martin Busto, uh, or at uh, Nefist, uh, posted an amazing next-gen, uh, or the next great Star Marine helmet animation. Uh, you guys had a chance to check this out, yeah? We mm-hmm. have now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. He's, he's got to look at it this time. <laughs> oh. Oh, I really can't wait until we get past the 12-minute mark. Uh, so yeah, this is absolutely incredible. The the helmet animation is uh, you've got the helmet, you've got a, a clear visor that shows your over your heads up display, and then there is what looks to be a blast shield that comes down in front of the eyes and the mouthpiece. Absolutely cool, very very great, uh, very very great. Wow, I'm getting tired. Very good animation, um, Mark. You had said that. You've seen, um, like, this seems to be kind of a theme, like putting these kind of blast shields in front of the helmets. Yeah, we've seen a couple of these now. Uh, the one offhand I can think of specifically, uh, there was one that one of the uh, uh, concept artists had put up, uh, 4CIG had put up on, you know, showed up on Reddit, and he, was talk- he talked about it in the thread for a little bit. Now, this is probably, oh, this is probably a couple weeks ago anyway. Uh, and it seems to be kind of, you know, it's very much a Dead Space-esque kind of sh- you know, front shield with that uh, vertical li- you know, glowing line kind of in there. Um, it's an interesting idea. It's certainly an interesting art direction. Um, Functionality-wise, I mean, I guess, you know, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred years from now, I mean, I, it would certainly be safer if you didn't see the person's face. There's nothing to shoot there, so I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, as long as the, the HUD's good enough, I don't see why they couldn't do it. But, the only uh, thing that I could think of as as someone from, from a realist perspective being the soldier that has to fix that in the field. Yeah, that would be terrible. <laughs> I, but on the other hand, as long as you tear the pieces off, you know, whatever, good to go. But Yeah, uh, I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, wow, what happens when that thing breaks closed? Right. Well, that's just it. Hopefully in 900 years they figured out how not to do that. But given, you know, general history of human beings, uh, who knows? Who knows? Get it off my face! Get it off my face! <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as long as, you, I guess, as long as you get it over your head somehow, I suppose it'd be okay. But anyway, it looks yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. The articulating things that come out of the jaw as it, as it kind of comes over the front of his face then drops down looks really, really awesome. So uh, kudos to, uh, to to the artist that did that. That's that's really impressive. Yeah, very, very cool. I haven't... Um, I, I hear CIG talking about the next great Star Marine, uh, is, but I haven't seen a whole lot of information on it. Um, I, I think I missed the initial post. Is it just designing helmets, or is it designing a full suit, or is it is it is yeah, it designing so, like some sort of like like um, like a exoskeleton type yeah, suit? So, so yeah, like I a haven't mech, been following like much of this. Suit? Yeah, I've been following much of this either. Yeah. So basically, what it is is the helmets are essentially the uh, are the ticket to get you in. Okay, uh, so you have to design okay. the helmets, and those are, and those are. I'm sure you know, I have no doubt they'll end up being used anyway. I mean. If, if, you know these kind of good designs come up if they really spark some imagination in the uh, you know the CIG artists or if they're you know good enough it's very possible these guys got picked up to, to do things anyway it seems to be a, a common uh, trend in in CIG to do that but uh, the idea is and, and I don't quote me on this I believe it's the it's Titan armor I think is what it is essentially it's one step up above the uh, um, the heavy armor we have now. Well, the space right, marine. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think I remember seeing specifically it being called Titan. Yeah, armor. supposed right. okay, to be cool. a powered suit of some sort. Is what it sounds like. Um, and uh, I guess, and what this is is this that will be the actual next great Star Marine contest will be for that suit. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. So the helmet's just is just your ticket in. That's what. Uh, yeah, that, that's what the it seems to be the deal is. And I know they're having more details uh, relatively soon. I think I read on or I saw on the. Uh, 
reverse the verse they were talking about uh, you know having some details about that actually you know when it's actually starting how how things are going you know in in the near future so uh definitely keep our ears out for that and uh, i'm, I'm sure hopeful we'll for it i enjoyed next ray starship it yeah was a great too. series me too so i'm i'm expecting good things and since it's you know right up my alley i mean i'm really really enjoying gonna enjoy following this one don't they usually hire from that pool too? Like, didn't they, they actually do. hire a couple of people? Yeah, they off did. Of, uh, I believe the guys that did the uh, the Redeemer. I think they hired, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. yep. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, so what a, yeah. what a great way to to find talent and uh, and also bring in some people from the outside to to develop some concepts for the game. Well, definitely. I mean, you can't pick a better way to do it. No, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, over from uh, VerseCast.org, uh, Dietrich posted a video of uh, Ace uh, doing a six-stoppy, a.k.a. an endo, a.k.a. a front wheelie in his tally. Uh, it's at the 6.30 mark. Ace, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, about what's going on here I in was the actually, Explode Land? I was actually going to recommend, in the, in the interest of time, that we mentioned both of these these items here, but then discuss them in depth because both of them happened during uh, some free flight and some PU combat that I wanted to discuss in detail during um, uh, in the loop. We got all the time in the world, baby. It's like ten minutes in. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so this was the first image was of uh, he and I testing out the missile system for the retaliator. Um, in particular, he was flying backwards into coupled mode, and I was flying towards him and launching missiles at him. And at one point, he slowed down, and I had to peel off and in, and, and uh, activate reverse thrust at the same time. So that's how you get that odd sort of wheelie effect that you see from his perspective. Nice. Um, we were we were testing missiles and and just sort of getting a feel for how they work in in a combat scenario, uh, and discovered among other things that they don't work terribly well in cruise mode. <laughs> yeah, I would think that they don't. That would be so you can you can fire missiles from the pilot seat on the tally. You just can't fire uh, the uh, the guns. It's the odd the odd setup of the retaliator is that you can fire torpedoes, not necessarily missiles, but giant, slow, powerful hitting torpedoes. But you have no guns or missiles. Whereas gotcha. the constellation, you have all three. Yeah, no, that's true. You do have all three at your fingertips, which um, is is a nice thing to have. Um, well, actually, you've only got on the Connie. You've only got the four wing guns. You don't have the uh, you don't have the turrets. Yeah, the turrets don't work. Yeah, it's just the wing no, guns. Yeah. it's true. But, but you have the but missiles. As all as the as the show as the second picture that Avi posted uh, will tell you, a fully crewed constellation uh, is a force to be reckoned with. I was actually just getting to that. Absolutely, uh, the uh, Avi Physics posted a picture from the Baby PU uh, pirate hunting with Quantum Drive on the radio. Thank you guys. Uh, and it was Mac Virus, Ace Azamine, Handsome Devil, Dietrich, Fable Junkyard, Buckshot, Amontillado, and Vendus all meeting up uh, in the Persistent Universe, all listening to uh, Quantum Drive, which is awesome, and I really appreciate that. And the picture is very cool. Special uh, shout out to uh, Avi, who was floating outside the window taking said picture. I was wondering who yes. the floating, uh, the, the, the one, <laughs> Somebody's, an odd man out, that, the shadow down the bottom yeah. right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, Somebody's got to take the picture. That's Avi out outside the cockpit waving as he's taking the picture. Now, this is um, this is one of the first times that we've had a large group um, in the persistent universe at the same time. And uh, how did this how did this play out, Ace? Uh, what was like for example, you're just saying that a fully crewed tally is or, or Connie rather is a force to be reckoned with. 
how is how was manning that ship fully? Uh, Getting people into the instance was still okay. a pain in the butt. Of course, it's smoother than it's been in the past, but right. it was still a pain in the butt. But once you did, man, there is something absolutely magical about having the entire ship in in operation at once. Yeah, and being able to communicate too. I mean, because the thing right. is, you can you can kind of pug a crew, but you're not really you're not really communicating with them. Everyone's kind of just doing their own thing. And, and so, I, and that's something I, I got to play with uh, the one, the only Turd Ferguson. Uh, and that's been my only real like player experience with, with friends in game. And even just the two of us, it was an absolute blast. We took the, the Lancer out and uh, I was out up in the, uh, in the gunner, gunner position in that ship. But I'm really curious as to see, you know, what a fully crewed Connie and what a fully crewed Tally can do. So you guys took the Connie and the Tally out? No, just the Constellation. Uh, the Tally was just me and Dietrich messing around and testing stuff. Ah, very uh, nice. But the Constellation, uh, we took out uh, to do some some flying around, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then in more detail, talk about how we got into that scenario and uh, some of the other ships we were using, uh, as well as our adventures or misadventures at Korea Security <laughs> Post. Oh, geez. Perfect. Very nice. Uh, over at uh, YouTube, something a little bit different this week. Uh, the Casual Citizen, Episode 2, Becoming a Star Citizen, by uh, Alan... I apologize if I butcher this, but uh, Alan... Aliz, somebody help me out with this. Aliciana? Aliciana, thank you. Aliciana Nore. It's been a long, long Probably day. Aliciana Noir, if I had to guess. Noir. Noir. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that, too. Aliciana Noir. Uh... Mark, you still recording? I am still recording. Okay, 12, good. Past the 12-minute mark, man. Yes. <laughs> yes. Winners, all of us. Aliciana Noir, uh, and uh, she basically had this 15-minute, uh, for lack of a better word, tutorial. And it's not necessarily about just the game. It's also about CIG, um, the the politics of crowdfunding, uh, the the do's and don'ts of, of what you get uh, or what you're entitled to as a backer. Um, it's a great video. I really want to go back and watch episode one. Uh, and basically, it's, you know, if you're familiar with what's going on with CIG, it's always good to get a different perspective. But more so, if you've got friends that are interested in the game and you don't want to go through, you know, all of the different minutiae, you could send them this way. And, uh, and these are very great, very, very good detail. As, as I was saying the last time, I think it's important that for us who are, you know, doing podcasts about Star Citizen at this point and are just sort of like so, sort of absorb all this information by osmosis that seeing this from a casual fan's perspective and, and understanding just what it takes to get involved in this and being able to understand that it is a huge commitment for a lot of people and that it is there's a lot of confusion involved in this and then sort of being able to like temper your explanations to that that uh, that mindset, I think, is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, you know, and we we talk about this all the time. You know, we, we this is what we do. You know, we we follow the news cycles. We you know we we go to Reddit, we go to YouTube, we go to Twitter. We, we're on official CIG. We're reading up on everything as soon as it drops. Most people, that that's not the case. And there are people out there that, are, that I'm assuming that are very interested in the game or, or would really enjoy the game um, if they had the right information or had a good understanding of what it was they were getting involved with before they backed. Um, and, you know, these, uh, these 
uh, casual Star Citizen episodes are, are really great, and I'm really looking forward to seeing more of them. Yeah, she really distills it down to something that's that's uh, something you actually talk to someone about. You yeah, know, a- absolutely. It, it, which is nice, yeah. Absolutely. So um, all the links will be in the show notes, and if you find anything, you, the listening audience, I'm talking to you, if you find anything out there on the Internet, Star Citizen-related, that is off the beaten path uh, and of interest, uh, feel free to email us at comms at versecast.org or email me specifically at uh, jimmy at versecast.org. Ace, what is going on in the loop? All right, everyone. So tonight it's catsup. Lots and lots of catsup. Um, and by that I mean I don't really have a particular topic uh, for tonight beyond, uh, and I think this may be the first time we have this as a, as a segment for In the Loop, but what our community was actually doing in-game. No. I feel, I feel, like, I feel like this should have come sooner. Huh? But we've had, over the last week or so, we've had a lot of Star Citizen activity. Um, not necessarily on Sunday, but there has been there was some there was some uh, uh, large groups playing on Sunday. But last Tuesday, in particular, we had uh, a huge number of people, despite the the power of the fates, uh, showed up uh, to play some Star Citizen. Um, the first mention, as as we talk about, was was uh, Dietrich and I at the time. Uh, Dietrich and I got into an instance while uh, the others that you see in that that photo were in a separate end in- instance with Vendis, just sort of messing around, um, doing their own thing, and and so they were they were kicking butt and taking names in uh, their instance, flying together in a little little squadron, and Dietrich and I were in Yella in ours, uh, just putzing about uh, with uh, experimenting with the Retaliator and the Vanguard and seeing what kind of effect those torpedoes had and and. The maneuverability. Um, it's interesting to note that the Vanguard's top speed at cruise is fifteen hundred, while the uh, Retaliator is is just five hundred. Wow! Yeah, that's, that's uh, that is a huge difference. Now, is that what you were talking? Is that what they were talking about in terms of the uh, the top speed being so fast? Is that kind of where they were getting the speed from? Because I know initially we had said that the actual speed of the of it during the um, uh, was the combat flight was actually significantly slower than a lot of the fighters. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's interesting to note that the combat speed for the Vanguard is very slow. By comparison, it's close to, a, like, a, a Gladiator. Um, but the cruise speed, man, that thing has got some legs when you let it, when you let them stretch out. Oh, okay. that, you, you open up the throttle in cruise mode, and you have to be careful, because you, ba- you basically start approaching ballistic trajectories, where you have to start, like, not just looking where your target is, where you want to go, like, maybe 100 or 200 meters in front of you, but, like, 1,000 or 2,000 meters in front of you, because as you pull back on the stick, it's very stiff. You, you, you're you moving so fast, the, the maneuvering thrusters can't really turn you on a dime. Um, flying through the asteroid field in cruise mode in a, in a Vanguard will, will uh, set your hair on fire. It's it's a pretty intense experience. <laughs> oh, man, I bet. It'll, it'll, put, it'll put hair on your chest. Yeah, so, uh, that's the so, manly way to fly we'll through the <laughs> So that's that was what we were doing, and then then uh, I think Vendis hopped off, um, or uh, I think I think 
we had a couple people that hopped off. Like Venice was with us at the time. A couple people hopped off, and uh, and so then they started to jump into the session that Dietrich and I were in. And then we had basically that that group that you see in that photo. Everybody showed up in the instance that we were in, and now, we basically took it over. This was this past. This was last night after Super Bowl, right? Or or during Super no, Bowl? No, this was or? Tuesday. This was still Tuesday. Okay. Oh, this is still Tuesday. Uh, okay. Sunday, Sunday night, actually, last night. There were actually, I don't think there was anybody in the Star Citizen channel. I think we were playing, mostly everyone was playing Arma at the time. Yeah, yeah, the Super Bowl, but uh, okay. All right. Um, so this was Tuesday night. All right. Tuesday night. And then, uh, uh, and that night, uh, so, uh, so we, the first thing that we did was we, we grouped up together and flew basically as a squadron in a sort of a, a motley crew of ships. Uh, Dietrich and I and our vanguards uh, were both fully crewed. Um, we had three people. So myself, a gunner, and an engineer, uh, and then the same on Dietrich's ship. And that's an interesting experience. Um, Avi was in the turret on mine, and I can't remember who was in my in my shield station, but it was interesting to note that they were able to directly and actively uh, deflect the shields towards incoming fire or to boost them where they were weak. Yes, I noticed that yeah. too with, uh, with the first night. Oh, man, 2.1. I think it was actually 2.0 when that first came out. Yeah. Me, um, I believe Vendus was actually in that one too. Um, Juicebox and somebody else. Um, and we ended up, yeah, it was, you know, we had two guys, two guys in the turrets, one pilot, and then I was actually on the shield. And uh, you can really, I mean, it makes a big difference if you have someone on that shield that they can bounce around where it's, uh, where it needs, where it's getting hit from. I mean, a huge. Yeah. yeah, if that's if that's all you're doing, that's huge. Yeah, it, it was. You know, yeah. you're not worried about anything other than incoming fire. That's got to be amazing. Yeah, it was extremely oh, it, useful. It it was it took a huge load off my back. I didn't have to worry about any of that. I could just focus on dogfighting. Yeah, I would really no, like um, to have the guy on the power then too, and really see once they get that really dialed in and see how that uh, you know, can really affect the different uh, the different ways it works. You know, j- I'm I'm very no, much looking forward to it. Yeah. Now let me ask you. I I sat. In um, I sat in my Lancer's co-pilot seat and was playing around with the shielding, but we didn't actually go into any combat. Uh, is there is there targeting, or are you just looking out the window? How, how are you seeing incoming fire? Sure. So the way it works is as the as you're looking at that shield um, UI, I guess, or that you know kind of it could be like a GUI or something, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Um, HUD maybe. As you're looking at that. Uh, it's kind of a radial type of design where you have you know different sectors of the of the shield. I would imagine it depends on the type of uh, ship. But essentially, what happens is, is as those that portion of the ship is getting hit, it starts blinking, and you see it going down and down and down and down. Um, ah, yeah. So okay. then what you so, do is you so just you... take a little slider, you slide it over to that side, you know, and it gives more power to that. You can adjust power to the shield. You can adjust, uh, and then uh, ideally, you would also have someone on the power grid if you guys are taking a lot of fire. You know, but you're not able to find the targets. Maybe then that guy, you're saying, "Hey, look, uh, you know, whoever it is, um, you know, Ace, I need more power to shield. I need more power to shields. He's then he's dumping power into the shields from the, uh, from right. the power you or from the power menu, to give you a little more, a little more oomph. And um, they actually do have readouts on those things that they'll tell you how how much shield you have, and then um, in terms of your total shield output, I guess it would be, as well as the recharge rate and so forth and so on. We tried messing with the power. Outputs and we didn't actually see any change in that, so that must not actually be enabled yet. Or uh, there isn't anything. a huge, there isn't a huge difference. The really the where you really see the power difference is in um, what your signature is displaying as. Okay. All if right. you draw down the power on a lot of subsystems, your signature for missiles and the, and the like 
drops dramatically. Okay, so it's more along the lines they've done it for the, the, the signature, but not so much in terms of the internal. Yeah, because that makes sense. I mean, if you're dumping so you know so much power from say the uh, was it the uh, thrusters and then the weapons, I would expect that if you're you know um, hampering those, you would see a marked increase in your shield output in some regard. But it's, right. it, that's just not there then yet. Okay. But uh, so we so we grouped up in in fighters, uh, and eventually the, the decision was to fly over to the Korea security station and basically take it for ourselves. Okay. And so so TGWS basically descended on Korea, destroyed any uh, opposition pretty quickly. And the thing about about flying in the PU is that if you get a group together flying with coordination. Um, you know the the one or two guys that hop into a system just get just get taken out immediately. Oh yeah, of course they have no idea what what hit them. Right, and and so we we flew into the system, cut through it like a hot knife through butter, uh, and then took the base, and then everybody got out of their ships, and we formed a fire team inside Korea. Oh, that's nice. cool. Yeah, so we actually had a bunch of people. We made sure everybody could get a hold of a rifle. Um, and then we were inside uh, the the station, basically, and just held it, and just like said into the chat system, like, "Hey, we're, you know, uh, you know, guys at at Korea's security station, come, come get us." Um, and by that point, most people just stayed away from the station. Yeah, I was just saying, <laughs> we basically <laughs> held it. They were like, "Yeah, so you looked really cool." No, thank though. you. Yeah, uh, it looked really cool. Well, and then at one point, uh, uh, Dietrich, uh, unbeknownst to the rest of us who were already there landed at the pad and like basically went radio silent and so we all reacted when he he walked in the door and started firing and so yep. like and it wasn't until after he got killed that that he was like oh yeah that was me but oh, i got the way i gotta say the sound of all like like four or five of those assault rifles all firing at once from different angles props to cig for the sound design oh yeah is it pretty good yeah i was wondering about that how it's their positional amazing. audio was it's amazing for the brief couple of seconds where we had like a couple of guys firing from different locations and those hearing all those rifles all go off at once it like 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 little staccato bursts is the coolest thing well cool good deal nice very so cool. uh then we went back to the base took the uh the connie together and that was where the last thing that we did the night was was flying the connie and we went and did uh some of the um uh the uh, comm stations okay. against the pirates so how did that play out? Because as as a constellation owner, I'm really curious as to know how that how that went. It is by far to date the most fun I've had in Star Citizen so far. Really? really? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Why is that? Uh, for one thing, you, you get the you know the the sense that you get from watching um, the first Star Wars: A New Hope, where you know you've got Chewie and Leia in the cockpit, you've got Han and Luke in the turrets, they're all shouting back and forth to each other, and then you know. One from above, two from from below, and and they're they're you know at the end of that firefight, they come out of the cockpit, and they're all hugging each other like, oh my god, we made it! Look at that, it's amazing. Um, that's that's the sense you get from doing this. Like like people are calling out targets as they're coming. Um, I had I had both gunners going. Um, they really wanted to test out the missile system uh, on the constellation. So so me as the pilot, I was just slinging missiles left and right. Uh, and then getting a chance to use those big size four guns on the constellation was so much fun. Yeah, those things back a hit, punch, man. You hit a single pirate with all four guns; they explode almost instantly. Now, how how were you as the pilot? Uh, how were you flying? 
I flew it basically like a slower, wider version of a fighter. Okay. I'm, Did I you mean, decouple it all or not much? Um, I mean, I did a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of decoupling, but a lot of it was just a lot of swooping around, a lot of zoom and boom, and a lot of uh, wide and 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 you know wide and quick turns. Um, like I'd come out one distance, you know, out the distance, and then loop around, come back, and then hit a couple of targets on the way back in. And like I said, those guns hit so hard that you could target a single pirate, and if you get a beat on them and hit them. And, and like one or two volleys, they just explode. Now, nice. what did you use your gunners as then? Just more of a means of keeping everyone off they, of you while, while they, you actually yeah, did their the job was basically their job was basically point defense. Okay. Um, I was going after particular targets with missiles and guns, and their jobs were basically keeping the rest of the tally protected. Um, and they did a great job, and it was a lot of fun to experience. That makes sense. Yeah, I think the time we did it, we were doing it more in terms of trying to line up the gunners to actually have shots on target. But uh, I think your system probably makes more sense. Uh, well, yeah. that, just because those, front, those forward-facing guns, plus having access to the missiles, really make the the Connie more viable. Well, and they had again, we had someone at the shield station. Yeah. So, so they were able to. Um, you know, as fires coming into the shield station, they're off, they're able to give some direction as to where fires coming from. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, and like I said, I mean, I guess really it makes sense too. You know, if you can get your if you can get the front facing wherever you know whoever's doing the firing at you, it's the smallest uh, um, cross section anyway for, right. that, for that beast. So why not put your uh, put your firepower up there too? You know, I guess it makes sense. So yeah, it was, I, would, I would imagine you occasionally get that perfect shot where everybody's line, everybody's got line of sight, and you can just totally hammer the target. Yeah, uh, I I want to. I mean, the thing about the the comm stations is it's basically like a hammer against some fleas. I mean, the, those uh, a fully crewed constellation against those pirates is just just no match. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. sure. Um, but I want so what I want to see though is I want to take one of those things that either either against another constellation or against like a freelancer or a retaliator and see what big ship on big ship combat is like that sounds like fun that sounds like a job for next week yeah absolutely so that's really cool um that that we actually got some some in-depth multi-crew testing going on yeah oh man it was a blast i like i said that was like that was the most entertainment i've ever had in star citizen so far nice i had um i was uh uh, Friday night uh, was a was a, a late late night uh, game session, and a couple of us were in there bouncing around, and uh, it was nice. It was nice to to actually get in and play with people. So there we go. That is around. No wait, in the loop. It's a it's a late night. It is a late night. It's been it's been a long night for you, Ace. It has. I got, my big, so, I got my big boy britches on tonight. Are you feeling loopy? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit loopy. I like it. Mark, what's happening outside the wire? Pew, 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 Oh, we've got the kitty lasers again. Wow. Well, welcome to Outside the Wire with your host, the most angry of cattle, Mark. Uh, today I'll be talking about uh, a couple things, the Liberation Campaign, going on the armor stuff, uh, some mods that we found were really interesting, just for a little color, uh, talking about a new mission that we just started playing on that tonight, uh, trying out anyway, uh, a little RP mission recap, and I'm going to touch on the Oculus DK2 again, 
just uh, just kind of give you a little recap on what happened uh, this week and uh, you know where we're at with that. Uh, there is some news on there, so we'll, we'll see how that works out. So, starting off, a liberation campaign, that's when we were trying to take the entire island of Altus on Arma. Uh, we did pretty well, uh, and by pretty well I mean everyone's getting the hang of it, and we can't uh, make missions with that uh, mission set fast enough on new maps for people because uh, everyone's too good. So, props to all the people who've been playing Arma. Uh, you guys are faster than uh, Johnny or I can make maps, so... Good job there. As it feels, it feels like we've gotten to the point where we're almost professional about it. We're just, you know, take a map, take a city, move on. Yep, pretty much. There's not a whole lot of, uh, uh, there's not much uh, fear going on there anymore. So, you know, we've talked about Johnny and I are going to try to uh, increase the difficulty a little bit. And we just happened to find this other uh, mission, which I'll talk about briefly in uh, just a few moments, that uh, is a different set. And we kind of tried it out. Uh, and it looks a little bit buggy, but we'll see what we've got here. Uh, as far as that goes, though, um, I think uh, we're done with Charneris now. Uh, we actually went back to Altus, and uh, in the meantime, let's see, I believe they're about halfway through the map uh, as of this afternoon. So, uh, Whoa, already? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, people are going in and just clearing out you know, several, you know, several towns or you know, factories or whatever have you, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a you know, couple hours or so. So it's, uh, it's gotten to the point now where you get to that fine point in these types, whenever you're playing a, something against an AI where people figure out how to do it and they figure out what, what, what the rule set is and what the resources they have are and then they leverage you know all of that to advantage you know, to the best advantage and when that happens you know that's that's where AI fails I guess really you know with this type of right. stuff I mean there's just no way to keep you know once you've played it for a couple of weeks a way to keep someone from figuring out how to do this the best way possible to yeah, be fair there's always a certain predictability there is to be fair we've also dramatically increased the complexity of some of our operations oh we have and that's good you know I mean you know simple things like I know uh, you know several weeks ago when we did our you know our kind of endurance run where it was basically you know okay guys load up with what you got that's all we got we're gonna go take as many towns as we can without ever you know rearming you know and see how far we can get um, you know, or using any kind of respawn, you know, mechanic or anything like that. And um, those are interesting, but it's one of those things you have to do. It's something you have to do. Uh, you know, it's kind of a synthetic rule or whatever. You know, it's right. organic to the mission. House rules. Exactly. You're just throwing it out there essentially to keep, you know, keep things interesting. So we've done that. Um, we do have. Uh, a new Arma mod, which is really interesting. Uh, so Arma by itself doesn't have any kind of jumping. Uh, it does have a vault mechanic, but really that vaulting is essentially just to make it so that you can get out of something you're stuck in, more or less. Uh, be it a fence, be it a portion of a building or something like that. I mean, yeah, you can use to, you know, to, you know once again to vault certain things like low, low riding fences, but really uh, most people it ends up being a, a case where it's just used to get yourself out of a stuck piece of terrain. Well, someone came up with a new mod, or it's been around for a while, as I recall. I think I've seen it previously, and we just never implemented it, called Enhanced Movement, which essentially allows you to do things like climb a wall or climb over a large, you know, climb over a large wall or use a buddy to get on top of his shoulders and then climb up to a second-story building. Things like that, climb through windows. Uh, it just really adds to the, to, to, the, uh, to the immersion. And we actually had another mod that's called a mocap mod uh, that does uh, kind of a close-quarter battle uh, takedowns. So combine the two of them and you have guys sneaking through windows sneaking up behind the ai and then uh, choking them out and snapping their necks uh you know you know silently without anyone else knowing they're there 
so I know. All right, how, yeah. all right. That, I I was that I was kind of amazing. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I was not sold on either of these until now. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, so that was pretty often. It's very hard to do to the AI uh, because they have that kind of AI super awareness thing. But if you can get them at night when you're wearing night vision and they're not, uh, you can definitely do it. And it's it's pretty cool. Uh, the one issue we have is that mocap thing. It does not sync with the uh, server when it does its, its its animations. So lots of times the animation is off. But uh, if you ever do it, the, the easiest way to do it is go into a single player mission, spawn an AI, a friendly AI, and do it to them, and you'll really see what it looks like. And it's oh, it's it's impressive. But anyway, super cool, totally workable, and uh, makes you feel like a like a super special operator ninja guy. So you know. That's your goal. Wow, is that a is that a formal title? Super Operator Ninja Guy? Not at all. Not at all. I like it. Remotely I like close. It. I want. I want that as my MOS. Dude, that's, that's you aren't the only one. I think that's uh, that's maybe that's where they get a lot of their recruits from. So <laughs> a lot of people that say they're going to do it <laughs> and they end up washing out. And uh, yeah, but whatever you know, whatever works for you gets those enlistment numbers up. Uh, let's see what's next. Uh, so okay, the new mission we we just started tonight. Found it this afternoon, and Johnny and I quickly tried to get it to work uh, on the server after trying a little bit of local testing on, on uh, my computer. And it's uh, called uh, Anti Stasi, which is uh, made by a Spanish gentleman uh, whose name escapes me at the moment. I really should write these down. But uh, anyway, uh, the idea is that you're an insurgent force and uh, trying to regain control of Altus from an oppressive AAF, which I have no idea what that even stands for. Um, and then uh, backed by CSAT, also who I don't know them for. If you're an Arma 3 player, you know exactly who these factions are, and maybe you know what the acronyms stand for. Regardless, the important thing is, really, really cool. It is a little buggy. Uh, it's still in beta, so it's not like it's you know really a complete mission, but most of these things never come out of beta, but they're perfectly playable. This one is a little bit buggy. Uh, we're trying to work through some features now. The medic system was a little bit off. Uh, we're having trouble saving, you know, kind of all loadouts and uh, making sure the biggest problem is we can't see things on the map right now uh, in That's terms of like where we are or where our mission objectives are supposed to be. It worked fine on yeah, the local that, test. Yeah, that that I can uh, imagine that is not. Fun. No, especially when you're talking about something that's like 100 kilometers square and you're trying to figure out where you're supposed to be going. <laughs> You know, yeah. Oh my god, like, uh, so maybe? much wandering. Yeah, you kind of hope there's some other things that do show up on the maps. You're kind of waiting for those to show up and hope like a convoy, like someone will pop something up. Maybe that'll let you know where it is, but uh, it can be interesting. So, needless to say, we're working through it. Uh, some people were still having some fun trying to figure out how things worked. The AI was crazy hard, so that's useful. But uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes, and we may or may not keep it around, or we may just wait till it uh, gets a little bit better, but we'll see. Uh, now, go ahead. The, the just real quick, the the AI um, in Arma, uh, it, it sounds like it's uh, a little hit or miss. Like depending on the map, like some, some of it's smarter than other. Uh, it is. Or? There are a lot of uh, depending on the author of a mission and what mods you're using and so forth and so on. Uh, AI can be drastically different. They also have it, and then uh, Bohemian Interactive, the, the people that make Arma, also have a slider for kind of the difficulty of the uh, of the AI. Oh, and okay. um, so depending on what you're playing it as, uh, it can get extremely difficult. Problem is, is that sometimes the difficulty just relies on the fact that they've put it up so high that it can see you a kilometer out and hit you in the head each time. That kind of thing. The kind of cheap AI, you know, difficulty right, thing. Right, right. And that's really not so much fun. Um, that's not all the time. There are lots of mods out there or missions that have... Um, 
make it a more difficult AI, but still keeping it as close to human, if you will, as possible. Right. So, well, as I say, that there's also levels of scale in terms of of forces. Yeah. The one that the Liberation server has a has a uh, a scaling set of difficulty, so like a threat level, and at the at the most basic, it's like infantry and like maybe light vehicles. Uh, but if you're at a hundred percent threat, you're facing multiple armored vehicles, heavily armed troops, and in some cases, attack helicopters and jets. Yeah, and reinforcements so, coming in in waves, things like that. So, right, it, there are ways to get around that, ways to amp it up uh, significantly. Interesting. Yeah. I'm really curious because we hear a lot of talk. Just touching on Star Citizen real quick, we hear a lot of talk about um, how clever they plan the AI to be. So I'm really interested in seeing what they do with that. Um, you know, given given all the technology that they have at their disposal, uh, how how smart and, and how um, unpredictable the AI will be. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, there are times when the AI can be. I mean, there are times they'll they'll, they'll uh, they're garrison up a building or something like that, or they'll uh, uh-huh. you know it can get to the point where you're sitting there thinking, and you see them come out and try to find you and things like that. It's there are times you look at this and say hey, this is really good, you know this is really this is they're really doing a good job. Job you'll see a fire team going out and kind of protecting each other's flanks and whatnot as they're moving down a road or something. You'll think, wow, that's you know that AI is really impressive. And there are other times where they just stand there, you know. 600 meters out looking stupid while you shoot each one in the head that type of thing so i mean <laughs> it is a bit hit or miss but uh you know this is a um this is an engine that they've had for geez i mean i think they've had this engine for like nine years been working on nine or ten yeah years. so it's, it's, it does show its age a little yeah, bit it's something that they've been uh modifying and continually growing upon for a long time but i'm sure it has its limitations Whereas Star Citizen, they're literally rewriting the entirety of CryEngine for, for, for all intents and purposes. Right. So I'm and and the AI, you know, I don't really recall how the AI was in some of the games. Uh, you know, but um, they weren't great in Crisis. Yeah, I don't really honest. recall to be honest. I mean, Cry didn't really. Yeah, we don't get into Crisis. I really like the first one though, so we'll, we'll leave with that. But anyway, yeah. so I think there's a lot of room for AI improvement, uh, obviously in the genre, and I'm really, really looking forward to see what they what they provide for us. I'm, I'm hoping it's really yeah, absolutely. Good. Yeah, I, it's. I think the the thing that that I've heard the most about. Um, as far as Star Citizen AI is that the NPCs non-combat role are basically going to be programmed to have like their own lives where they go to work and they they have their you know personality yeah. traits and yeah. uh, they interact with all the other uh, NPCs and so on and I think that's really cool um, but you know that to me seems like we're we're at a point now technology wise where that's not really and I, and I don't mean to to downplay it but that like that's not nearly as impressive as what the potential is for player-owned NPCs and what the potential yeah. is for uh, creative thinking in combat situations, both in ships and on the ground. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the stuff I'm just chomping at the bit to see what they do. Yeah, because that, that whole day-night cycle, you know, this person has its life thing. I mean, that's been done. I mean, that's been done on the Sims stuff. I mean, uh, you know. Oblivion Obli- tried to yeah, make that, a big deal of it. I was going to say Oblivion, Skyrim, you know, all those tomorrow winds, even those had it. Uh, you know, way right. back in the day, so did the, the original Elder Scrolls. I remember that one. Uh, they all have that kind of you know. Well, they're supposed to have these those whole lives that they do, which is interesting. It does provide some immersion for sure, and it gives you the chance to go. Uh, you know, obviously breaking the the dresser drawers of the guys when they're sleeping in the middle of you know uh, Skyrim and steal all of their you know plates <laughs> and forks out of their stuff. Right? <laughs> Everyone did it. Yeah, right? totally. 
It would yeah, be the first I, again, I feel you like empty out an entire village of everything worth possible that you could possibly sell. Uh, clinking I, I and clanking every, out, the, uh, out the door, I guess. I feel like every hero of time in the t- the TES universe eventually gets discovered to be a kleptomaniac of the most extreme nature. Right, <laughs> it's got a collection of four forks, like forty thousand strong. Yeah, I feel like it's it, it definitely happened. But uh, you know, so we'll see. Uh, combat AI, I have no doubt, is extremely extremely difficult to code. Um, yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, it would have been done much better than it has been now. So yeah, today, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, you can you can see the the progression of of AI as far as like the day to day, the sim type stuff. You can see that progression uh, now, and you can see where it's going. And and you know, I would imagine that that's going to be really cool uh, when they populate the galaxy with those NPCs. Definitely, I, I can I can see. You know, maybe even being confused for for a second, you know, and thinking that it's an actual player. Um, but yeah, I think I think that it's safe to say that all of us are really curious as to see, you know, where the meat of the matter, which is where it counts, which is combat. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that's where it's going to show. That that's where if it shows, that's where it will show. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely. really where it's going to be. The, you know, that that combat's the meat and potatoes for for that AI stuff. It'll really show it if it's there. But uh, yeah, so anyway. Uh, quickly, I'll hit on these uh, our RP mission for those of us that are interested in playing or want to keep up with it. Uh, so last week, if you recall, I guess it would actually be two weeks ago uh, since we're kind of like, I mean, we do record this on Mondays. Literally, our next game is on Tuesday for the RP, so it's uh, you know, it's been a week almost. But uh, we left off before having just captured a, uh, a base that uh, was supposed to be our extraction point. Uh, an LZ for choppers to come pick us up end up being held um, by uh, an armored unit of the, uh, I believe it's Russians. Uh, we ended up taking that uh, uh, base against all odds and uh, securing it uh, for you know, to use as our own our own uh, Ford operating base for the uh, for the evening at least. Uh, so we came in on last Tuesday. Uh, we started at the base we secured, uh, and then uh, we got word from HQ that we were on our own for now because the airspace was still in dispute. So uh, there was a lot of uh, you know a lot of enemy enemy aircraft or uh, AA. And it made it impossible for them to extract us or to get us supplies. Um, so at that point, they uh, told us about uh, an ammo dump uh, somewhere to our south. They uh, they had gotten word about. I didn't know exactly where it was, or what it looked like, but that it was out there somewhere. Uh, so at that point, we took off to investigate, see if we could find any intel from the local populace. Um, we did run into a whole series of kind of running uh, gun battles as we were going out. Uh, we did have our own. Uh, can you remember what it was? It was some. It was an an armored personnel carry of one type or another uh, that we had managed to secure. So we we're actually using that in coordination with some uh, some ground assets as we were moving forward, and uh, had our uh, had our, our our boots on the ground as I think Ace was leading those guys, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep, screening yep, our yep. left and right as we kind of pushed forward with the uh, with the APC, uh, and we managed to uh, get into a town. Uh, we secured the town, and then we started coming under fire as we were trying to interrogate prisoners. Uh, we did have a bit of an issue with uh, with an ROE uh, a breach or two, in that we had a few times uh, 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 enemy troops trying to surrender that were then uh, summarily shot uh, as they were running toward us by uh, some people with little itchy trigger fingers. But uh, we we did <laughs> we did manage to finally curtail that and uh, managed to get a prisoner as we had uh, moved forward into a, a very small. Uh, kind of um, observation post uh, and took that. Uh, we did manage to get intel 
told us where they were at. It was actually towards the northeast, back almost to where our base was initially. If we just gone east about a kilometer, we would have found it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, we did find, you know, we did get a word on the depot uh, after some uh, very cordial uh, interrogation. Um, we ended up heading off in that direction. Uh, we found the base relatively quickly, actually, but we came in with relatively heavy fire from different patrols and uh, such. We ended up breaking off our two, what amounted to two fire teams, and then a, uh, and then kind of a comms unit and uh, myself uh, and my RTO working as a uh, kind of coordinate. Um, but anyway, we ended up uh, using kind of an overlapping field of fire uh, and uh, setting up a couple of good bases of fire for that, and uh, we ended up doing pretty well. Uh, and then at that point, we end up, uh, I think Ace ended up pushing up a little bit, setting up a good observation point. We ended up moving across, uh, found the fob, cleared the fob, or rather the depot, um, took the depot, and at that point, we were we were done uh, for the evening. So we're really looking forward to, at this point, we've got we've got enough guns and ammo uh, to finally go on the offensive, I think, now, instead of trying to hunt, you know, <laughs> trying to walk very scared uh, through the terrain, uh, you know, trying to just survive. So at this point, I think we can try really finally take the offensive and we'll see what happens so looking forward to that uh tomorrow so uh by this time next week we'll uh let you know how that went um nice. yeah and then lastly i did want to touch as i said on the oculus um, yes and i actually wanted to 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 chat with you about this as well yeah. uh, as as a sufferer sufferer of motion sickness yeah yeah so as we know you know i i've always had motion sickness it's always been an issue so i uh after speaking to um the uh, the Oculus was graciously provided by a uh, fellow TGWSer, uh, Bennu, um, who had lent this to us. You know, once again, he's a big, uh, big VR fan. Wanted to give us a try or a, a chance to try it out too. Uh, Jonto tried it out. Uh, I, you know, I got around to it as well, and um, talked to him a little bit over by via email about you know what what was going on what things might work and what might not. Uh, so I'm going to give it another try. I have not yet. I just got home today, so I haven't gotten a chance to set it up again. But um, I did. Um, he did recommend one game, a space sim game, solely made literally for, you know, was built around you know using it for the VR. So I'm going to give that a try. But he was speaking mainly that a lot of games, there's that whole... Uh, I can't remember what he called it. Essentially, the dampening of the up-down motion you get when you walk. Uh, it's done by your brain, so you don't even notice it. Well, a lot of times in video games, you get that kind of up-down motion. I think he mentioned uh, the Blair Witch Project is a good example. A lot of people got sick when they first saw that. What was that? Gosh, that was probably like 15 years ago, 20 years ago now. Jeez, I'm old. Anyway, uh, that whole thing was because you didn't have that up-down, that dampening of that up-down motion as you're walking uh, made people very ill. You kind of get the same thing in here. I, I think the case is that and the IPD, your interpupillary uh, distance, uh, in the DK2 is controlled by software versus what I'm told is the, the actual uh, retail model is something is a, is a physical adjustment. You can adjust uh, to kind of get your eyes just right, right which may and help yeah, out a lot. And this was um, – I, I was talking to my wife about your experience with the DK2 yeah. and, and how kind of bummed out I was about it. And uh, and that was something that she had mentioned. She said that um, the the from DK two to consumer version, uh, there there are massive improvements to uh, compensate for people that do have motion sickness. Yeah, and I'm really hoping because I am I'm a VR fanboy. I would love this to work. But the thing is, is that if people have to tailor games around the 
uh, shortfalls of you know the hardware in this case or i should say i mean you always do to some extent but in this case you know the vr stuff not being able to do a lot of first person stuff uh benny said that's a lot right. of ways people got around you know people have gotten around it so far and this is not doing you know you're not walking anywhere you just kind of get teleported between things or it's only a driving or a flying thing which i did notice actually uh offhand was quite a bit better doing it uh when i was flying or driving in armor than it was with uh with walking but um now, do you think part of the issue is also that um, Arma is not um, optimized for? Oh, I'm sure. So, like, if, if like Banu was saying that you know there's a very uh, specific game he wants you to play, a space game they yeah. want you to play, yeah. if it's optimized for it, that there's going to be you know a noticeable improvement. Sure, exactly, and that's why I wanted to give it a fair shake. Uh, I really do want to try this out. I want it to work so bad, and I want to not be barfing after the end of it. So, I'm really, really hoping I can get this to work. So yeah, I'm going to give it a try. My my issue is that I, if I can only play the games that were tailored specifically to it to avoid the things that are you know that cause problems, especially when one of the big problems is is first person. I mean that's right. killing me. That's that's where my meat and potatoes is. That's where I, you, you really yeah, get yeah, the most totally. immersion. That's where you live. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. So exactly. I, that's, I wanted, that's where I live. If I can't do, I that, wanted to ask. Yeah. Uh, have you considered taking any sort of anti nausea medicine? Um. Yeah. I mean, I I. I have a full stock of Dramamine uh, that I'm ah, always prepared okay. to take in the case that I need it, but I. I it, you don't want to do that whenever you're gaming. I, 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 I was going to say I'm just going to put the I'm just going to put this <laughs> out there. If if you have to take some form of medication to play a video game, you should either not be playing that video game or making arrangements to uh, do something else that does not require you to take medication. <laughs> right. Yeah, enough. exactly. And, and especially in terms of testing, I didn't want to take anything that might cause any problems. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, really seeing how it worked. I wanted to make sure that I was kind of fresh and coming at it, which is a real problem with trying to figure out. We were speaking with Benu trying to figure out what exactly was the issue. Where, where did it stop? Where did it start? And I explained, you know, the problem is that would have taken me so long to test each individual portion of it. You know, is it the flying that's causing it? Is it the driving? Is it the looking this way or looking that way? Or is the distance thing? Well, the problem is that in order to do that, I would have had to test for 10 minutes, stop, wait an hour and a half, test for 10 minutes, stop, wait an hour and a half, and the whole time I'm feeling sick to my stomach. So I just didn't really have a whole day to devote to uh, feeling sick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, really? You know, it's Why? really tough. I'm going to be honest with you. I was really excited about it, but it is really tough to put that kind of time in, knowing that you're going to feel like crap the entire time. Yeah, yeah. There's, 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 and there's, yeah. There's, there's, I was say, like, there's, there's nothing worse than. I mean, if if you if you suffer from motion sickness, oh, yeah. It, it just, the only thing you can do is lay down and wait for the spins. To it stop. is. It's just terrible. So I'm really hoping uh, that I can figure out a way to make this work in, in a meaningful way. And I will definitely get back. I'm hoping to get to it this week. So hopefully I'll have some uh, have some good uh, good insight next week into what you know, kind of what happened, and really kind of a definitive answer as to whether at least the DK2 is something that I would invest in. So we'll see. Nice. Yeah. All right. Ace, how you feeling? I'm okay. I'm yeah? okay. Second wind. You do, you doing all right? I'm, I've just been quietly listening to you guys do your thing. Nice. Mark, I, you, I uh, you still recording? I am still recording. Wait. Hello. Yep. Yep. It's doing its thing. We're good. <laughs> I gotta be honest. For a moment, my heart stopped. <laughs> I was like, I was oh like, no, I'm not recording. Like, we why did he ask? Side. No. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, I think we're good. Yeah, I'm feeling good with this. I'm I think good. I'm feeling good with this. Yeah. Uh, the we're gonna um, 
obviously uh, with uh, Super Bowl Sunday uh, this past Sunday, uh, the assumption is that there weren't a whole lot of people in. And with Gleep being out, we're going to go ahead and wait on talking about uh, new citizens that have uh, joined the org. So that'll be uh, not next week, but the week after. So please go to Engine for all your site hosting needs. That is enjin.com. Uh, Versecast.org lives there. We love it. You should love it. Uh, to quote Adam Sandler, what is it? Uh, my, my mother loves it. My father loves it. I love it too. It's probably completely wrong, but you know, it's two hours. It's late. I'm tired. Be sure to check out Star Citizen uh, on uh, the base radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com. You can find a rebroadcast of the previous week's Versecast every Saturday afternoon. You can reach the podcast by email at comms at versecast.org. Uh, on Twitter, we are at Versecast. Be sure to use the hashtag TGWS when chatting about all things Versecasty, those guys with Shipsy, and Star Citizeny. Wow, that's a whole lot of ease. A lot of ease. It is. Uh-huh. It is a lot of ease. <laughs> it's a lot of ease. <laughs> Our uh, RSI uh, Star Citizen Org can be found at robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash firstcast. Please upvote us there uh, on the RSI Community Hub uh, and uh, in the podcast and deep space radar sections. Links are in the show notes. And uh, on Steam, we are Those Guys With Chips. And please be sure to check out our gaming community, as mentioned earlier, over at engine.com, and that is versecast.org. Say goodnight, Gracie, as Gleep likes to say. My name is Gleep. Uh, no. My name is Jimmy. I feel yes. very Ron Burgundy. <laughs> My name is Stop Ron Burgundy? <laughs> really? Can I type anything in here? Hold on, let me try this. See how this works. Uh, my name is Jimmy. You can find me most chatty at Twitter uh, over at uh, Jimmy Croker. And uh, you can find all of my other contact info uh, in the show notes. And uh, you can find me also every Thursday night, 9 p.m. and Saturday, 1 p.m. PST over at uh, the base doing my show Quantum Drive. It's a mix of uh, Star Citizen lore and really cool music. I mix it all together and spit it out into a delightful little story based on the Star Citizen universe. Ace, where can the good folks find you? <clears throat> Say goodnight, Gracie. Uh, or, or rather, goodnight, Gracie. Um, <laughs> my name's Ace Azamine. You can find all of my information uh, in the show notes, my deets. Um, I am now on Steam as Ace Azamine, which is nice. Nice to have that, that change. Um, and then uh, if you need to reach me on the interwebs, you can email me at aceazamine87 at gmail.com or ace at versecast.org. Uh, and then uh, if you're really curious, you can always find me on Xbox Live as the Landau 87 Ooh, I got I to gotta, like, go and like pull my Xbox oh, and man. Uh, PlayStation tags. Yep. Mark, how about you? Uh, you can reach me. At matcal1001 at gmail.com. That's with a K, not a C. Or you can reach me at uh, madewithawesome and a little bit of peanut butter and jelly.com, uh, where you can find not only your favorite cooking needs, but also really good for affirmations uh, to use at your workplace and or at your home. See, now, I, I thought we could find you over at unicornfarts.org. Uh, that's actually my sister radio station where we do nothing <laughs> but play Charlie the Unicorn uh, loops uh, 24-7. <laughs> 
So it's a delightful, a, a, a delightful aromatic array of rainbow dust. It is. It's Charlie. fantastic, and not the least bit creepy. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Not, in the not least at bit. all. Play for your kids or your grandma. <laughs> oh man, I would never want to fill my grandma with Charlie's <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other than that, see, yeah, right. I think that's pretty much it. Oh, Steam, Mad Cow, M A D K O W. Uh, look for the little purple plush dinosaur. Ooh, very nice. Until next time, we are those guys with ships, and this has been our community podcast. See you guys. Bye. Hooray! Hooray! We made it. We made it, and we, we did it all without glee. I feel so. Sure. I wish in, the wor- in the eternal words of Strong Bad, it's over. Wow. That was pretty good, actually. That wasn't that bad. Yeah, I learned something interesting today. What did you learn? Mark is an angry cow, not a crazy cow. I don't, it's a fine distinction. Don't get those two confused. <laughs>